back, everybody, to another episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. I'm your host, Theo Giesen, and today we're here with a very good friend of mine. Who It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Nick. How's it going? Hey, Theo. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> um, let's uh, get to let's let the audience get to know you a little bit. Um, just sort of tell us what you're about, uh, what you do for a living. Maybe give us the audience a rundown on how we met and what that's all. You know, what's attached with that, and you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I started the beginning of uh, my relationship with Theo. We met at a volunteer program that we were both involved with. Theo's spoken about it before on the podcast. Yeah, a couple times. Uh, it's called CISV. And basically, it's a summer camp where you get kids from all different countries coming together to have one camp together. And it's a cool opportunity for people at a young age to meet and learn about uh, different cultures. And it's very eye-opening. Anyways, uh, Theo and I met volunteering there, and uh, we knew each other for quite some time, number of years, uh, before we went to uh, volunteer at the same summer camp together in Guatemala. Yeah. And we had just been acquaintances. Right. And you're uh, still like, I'm 24, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay, so there's a bit of a gap there. So like when you're 16, 17, hanging around in this organization, not really hanging out with like... Of twelve year old, it's but you know when I was seventeen and you were twenty one, like that's a little there's you know a lot more in common then. So it was a bit of a timing thing, and and we did this trip together. It was almost a month, and uh, and yeah, ever since then we've been really tight. Even yeah. when Theo's been away, we we just sometimes don't talk every month, but then when we're back together, like we'll hang out, chill, do whatever. Yeah, we had and, breakfast uh, here the other morning. Yeah, hang out during the day even. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I know Theo, um, through that stuff. And Theo started talking to me about D&D. And, As I do um, to everyone now. And I've been a listener to this podcast now for uh, some time myself, so quite an honor to be on. In uh, my day-to-day, I, I work in video production, so filming... Uh, commercials, corporate videos, all sorts of stuff, uh, and photography. So we do uh, food photography, portraits, yeah. whatever. We'll photograph it. Yeah, it's with uh, Take Five Digital, is what it's called. Yeah, that's the name of uh, that's the name of my company, Take Five Digital. Yeah, it's a good name. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, when did you start that? So I started up Take 5 in 2012. Yeah. So the summer for me after grade 12 um, is when I started the company. Yeah. So you're going on 10 years or you already celebrated that? So it'll be 10 years technically in uh, in June or July. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. That shows you how nebulous of a company it was. <laughs> I don't even know the exact start date of it. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure on some piece of business paper, there's a, there's a true birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys have been doing a lot more work, it seems, lately. I see you guys always active on your Instagram, like always juggling multiple things and turning out really well. And um, I've had the pleasure of doing some work with you a couple of times, doing some writing, um, 
copywriting, uh, even poetry, which is cool. It's like the first time I've ever been commissioned to do a creative writing piece like that. So that was, you know, um, a good feeling as someone who went to school to kind of do that sort of thing. It feels like it's finally coming to fruition. Yeah, it was really neat um, to work with you in that way, in a professional capacity after yeah. being friends and to see the type of work that you do and uh, to gain a bit of an appreciation for uh, your abilities and your skills when it comes to the written word. Oh, so that was nice. And it's also a nice sign for us as a company to be moving towards a space yeah. where we do have more opportunity for collaboration with other creatives and yeah the projects are of uh a nature that calls for that type of collaboration because when you start out you oftentimes don't always get to work on the projects that you're most passionate about yeah. oftentimes it's stuff where the script's already determined yeah and the creative uh the creative's already done so you just have to show up with your camera your tripod and press record yeah but now we're getting to the point where I get to bring guys like Theo into the production and it just makes it, it opens up a whole new world of opportunities for the type of stuff that you can create. Yeah, for sure. I've done, I did one sort of freelance piece with this thing called the Canadian Writers Exhibition where they just interview Canadian writers um, from around the country and they were doing one with one of the people who were in the writing room during, I think, episode one of Shit's Creek. So, and he has a movie starring, like, I can't remember. It's someone big. It's not like Tom Hanks, but it's that kind of person. Tom Cruise? Oh, I don't think it was Cruise. But, um, just like Tom a... Holland? <laughs> it might not have been a Tom, but it was just, it was an A-lister for sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to pull it up, but I, when I was like interviewing for that, I thought I was going to be doing a lot of like the interviewing with like the writers and stuff like that. But it turns out they only wanted me to transcribe the interview that they did. Ooh. Yeah. So they got AI technology for that now. That's what I did. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So they just paid me to run it through a transcription app like Otter. And then I love Otter, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then I just cleaned it up and made sure everything made sense. And then I didn't know anyone else who used Otter. Is yeah. that common or my mom uses it? Okay. Yeah, because she does a lot of interviews. When she worked for the Grand, she would always the Grand Theater. They would always do interviews and stuff. Um, speaking of the theater, uh, I'm going to see Hamlet next month, which I'm pretty excited for. That's nice. Yeah. I think the lead is a black woman, which really puts an interesting spin on the story. Um, haven't done a whole lot of like looking into how the rest of the cast is handled, but um, my mom showed me like a trailer for it where they do the to be or not to be speech, and she seems like a really great actress, so uh, excited for that. And it's in uh, Strathroy. Or not Strathroy, uh, Stratford. I don't know why I said that. I guess I'm like living in Strathroy right now. For all our fans listening from outside of Ontario, Stratford is a small town an hour from where we live right. that's very famous for its Shakespearean theater, yeah. and it draws crowds from all over the place, yeah. including oh. the United States. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. So I'm, uh, I think they're pretty good seats as well, but my mom, as a she's a fellow English major and um, lover of the theater, 
she worked for a theater for a number of years and um uh she's like one of the people who I shared that interest with and there's not a whole lot of other people that that I know how who like are passionate about that kind of thing so uh should be I'm pretty excited to go see that with her Is that something that you guys do regularly together? Theater going? Uh, not or is really. This a special Just occasion. The last two years. For Black Shakespeare. The last two years have been pretty, like shut down. Like I, I know guess. the grand closed for quite a long time, um, and then I also spending so much time in Nova Scotia. When we come home, it doesn't always line up to like when certain things are playing. But you know, I'm gonna be home for the next uh, couple months. I something like that. So. She knew I was gonna be home and bought the tickets well in advance and told me to mark it on my calendar. So that's awesome. Uh, May fourteenth. Um, but yeah, we're recording this on Good Friday. That's right. Happy Easter. Yeah, Happy Easter. Uh, I thought I was gonna be working. Um, so last episode, uh, which was about a month ago, we apologized, but uh, it was with my dad, and he said that we were gonna be doing some construction and. That's what we've been doing now for, like, this is our third week doing it, and, um... I've still been meaning to listen to the episode with George on it. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, recorded in Mexico on a rooftop. Uh, there's a decent amount of background effects, but I believe that they enhanced the episode. Um, lots of music playing and, uh, golf carts going wrong in the background and birds and, um... Just uh, a lively uh, Mexican community. If that's something that interests you, you should definitely give it a listen. I would love to hear. I would love to hear that. I I remember being in Mexico once before, but it was certainly not at a beachfront resort. So you had to tell me more about that yeah. sometime. Sounds oh, yeah. quite nice. Yeah, it was a great vacation. Um, the life of a D&D podcaster. Oh, yeah. I was on location in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it was a great trip. We went for 10 days. I think we recorded the episode halfway through. Um, and then, I guess since that episode, a lot of things have happened. Um, I didn't get into Acadia, which really sucks. Um, and sort of throws my whole plans... Uh, up in the air <clears throat> so we might have to wait another year to apply to get the into the graduate program but that's you know a, that's a frustrating turn of events yeah you know it might it's gonna open some different opportunities like um you know maybe uh, i'll go to like a better school like a bigger school after that or have some more money saved up and um be more flexible that way or um, spend some time in Ontario and find an interesting position, or move to Halifax next year to go to Dalhousie or whatever. So there's a lot of new possibilities now that would have never happened if not for this. So just kind of interested to see what happens next. When a door shuts, a window opens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, definitely an interesting point in in time for me because... I just have no idea what I'm going to do, and I'm sort of just taking things as they come. This could be a big inflection point in your life. Oh, yeah, for sure, which you're, is kind of a weird... It's like you're in the eye of the hurricane a little bit, and, like... You are right dead center. Yeah, and, uh... Probably doesn't feel like it, though. 
well, I don't know, just like there's a bit of calmness to it where like everything is so chaotic that I may as well just like let it happen. So that's kind of how I'm taking it at least. <laughs> Theo's always the type of guy to take uh, any situation in stride. So yeah, not surprised to see you dealing with this one in such a relaxed manner. Yeah, it was definitely like the first day was definitely a bit of shock, like a, in disbelief. And since I was in Mexico at the time, so my Wi-Fi was Oh, dude, great. that would have killed your vibe so bad. We went, yeah, like oh, it just ruined the whole day. That and like, sucks. You the, kind of the rest of the trip, email, honestly. Man. Boo. Well, I saw, the, I saw the subject line, and I was like, oh, I, like I knew it was coming within the next couple of days, and I had to open it. But uh, I was really expecting it to go the other way. Ooh. Like, uh, Blindsided. I was pretty confident. I don't know if it was like false confidence or just like bad luck or what, or what happened but um yeah we'll see what happens um but yeah uh hopefully that gives um the viewers a good you know idea of what you're all about um one more sort of background question here before we really talk about uh and is uh what is your history in either fantasy or fiction maybe in your childhood or early teens or even later in your life um were you like a harry potter kid were you a tolkien kid were you like even like calvin and Hobbes? like what was your um you know history with fiction it's funny you say calvin and Hobbes. (laughs) (laughs) what is that got the book right over there oh really (laughs) yeah calvin and Hobbes. wow that's a definitely a throwback. But in terms of uh, in terms of fantasy, I would say you know definitely watched uh, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. a little bit. I've not watched the full series. I probably watched about three seasons. So like, I would definitely get more into that if I had a like a full cable package or something. But I can't be bothered to download it illegally. So. <laughs> It's just like that's kind of off the list. Definitely Harry Potter guy though. Yeah. Like <clears throat> saw the new Harry Potter movies coming out, so yeah, I'm pretty amped to go check that out. Nice. In fact, I've not even seen the most recent one that's already out, so I might yeah. even uh, watch that first. Hmm. And it's cool seeing Harry Potter how it how it evolved with our generation. Yeah, evolved. Like it was kind of like child's play. When the first movie came out, it was like, you know, kind of of fun, goofy, like, like, got cool guy at a school, right? Playing with owls and and broomsticks. But now when you see the movie, it's like massive special effects, like wizard battles. Like, that was the first thing I named when I thought of when I was asking about fantasy. Like, that's how big it is. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a good, good clip. Um, Yeah. What else? I don't, I don't check C.S. out... C.S. Lewis at all, or... Yeah, when it comes to uh, Lord of the Rings, though, you mentioned earlier, I was going to say, my mom would never let me watch the movie of Lord of the okay. Rings unless I first read the book. Oh. My mom did that with one of the Harry Potter books. So she wanted me to read the book, and all my friends were, like, watching Lord of the Rings and stuff at sleepovers or whatever, and I'm like, oh, man, like... Let's watch something different. I'm not allowed to watch that or whatever. Right? <laughs> so I wasn't trying to sneak out of the contract yeah. with my mom that 
I was unwillingly in. But uh, no, as a result, because I'm a terrible reader and I don't read that much, I never read the books. Oh. And I've never seen the movies. Yeah, I watched maybe so, half of the second one. I don't know what I should do. On a plane, and it was on someone else's TV. Ooh. I don't even know if there were... Oh, there were subtitles, which helped, but... No sound? No, no oh, sound. Oh, so you read uh, one of the Lord of the Rings books on Yeah, the I didn't put a, a movie on my screen. I just was bouncing around a, a bunch of other people's. Which, I don't know if other people do that on planes, but that's, like, one of my favorite things is, like, half-watching a movie on someone else's screen. Like, someone... There was, a, there was a young dad trying to watch Yes Man, like, the Jim Carrey movie on the plane. That one was no subtitles, so I had no idea what was really going on. And his kids kept bothering him, so he would have to rewind, like, 10, 15 minutes at a time. And it was, like, an hour-and-a-half movie that took him three hours. <laughs> guy really needs a lot of like lead up to get back into the flow of things like i'm all for rewinding like a minute or maybe yeah. 30 seconds oh to no you would do line. like full i was like come on man like i'm trying to watch <laughs> this movie too like you're making me take three hours to watch it probably helped you though to get a better understanding of things a little bit yeah because second time around i was also watching another movie <laughs> um but yeah uh no i uh tried to read lord of the rings twice um didn't really enjoy it. It was kind of too slow for me. I, I appreciated it, but I just couldn't do it. Um, and that, how many books have you started but not finished? Would you say um, a lot? Like what? I have what percentage of books do you get past twenty five percent, but then you don't finish? Uh, I recently did that with Moby Dick. Like I kind of do want to get back into it, but I've been talking about getting back into it so long that like I don't know. I might just find a new book sometime. Some books like that have, like, they build up a certain amount of expectation and hype, yeah. but also of pressure, because people are like, oh, yeah, like, I read Moby Dick, and, like, it's a big deal, and then you think, yeah. oh, shit, like, can I read that? But of course you can, right? But Yeah, I was enjoying it. I just, I don't know. I find that when I'm, I'm either reading a lot or I'm not reading at all, and sometimes they'll go like switch back and forth like are there books for you that you want to read like in the same way that a mountain climber would want to mm. climb a certain peak um i think that infinite jess would be one of those books that's one i've heard of for that yeah it's like i think but it's I like a thousand it. it's like 800 or a thousand pages or something and there's a lot of different characters and the book is like intentionally trying to make it difficult on you it's like I don't know people talk about a lot of different strategies for reading it and stuff and like a lot of people just say like read like six pages a night for like a, I don't know whatever that equals out to 200 days or whatever it's crazy to think that a, a book just a novel could be such a such a undertaking I know but it's cool too it makes like it makes you realize what a range uh, of literature there is and what you can do with the uh, written yeah. word, which, you know, makes me understand why you were compelled to oh, study yeah. it. There's, like, certain books that people have studied them for, like, hundreds of years, and you're still, like, figuring shit out. Like, and that just says something about how complex the author is that they could come up with that original idea and make it so, have so many layers. And just like so many interpretations, 
and I was thinking about that uh, today actually in the context of film because yeah. there's certain directors who are known for uh, incorporating these same elements into their films where it's subtext and um, whether it's visual or yeah n- literary or what would whatever would be the other alternative to that but like um, Spielberg is one guy yeah, yeah. who does that quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely. I'm trying to think of eyes. Have you seen Eyes Wide Shut? No, I've I seen barely any movies. Considering that I work in that business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like movies that um, are trippy, I guess, or thrillers. Like is the more proper word. Um, I think I plugged this on the last episode or the episode before, um, or maybe not, but I started, well, I finished uh, this anime called Death Note. Does it ring a bell at all or no? Anyways, um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, but I'll just give you a quick summary. It's about... um, Thank you. Yeah, it's about this, I think he's 15 or 16 or something. He's a boy who is really intelligent, but kind of just like bored with life. Um, and thinks everything's sort of his society, like society, sort of messed up, and then he finds this book on the ground with like a bunch of rules in it, and it says like, the person whose name is written in this book will die. Um, you can write like the cause of death, but if you don't, then they'll just die of a heart attack. Um, there's just like a bunch of rules, and so at first he's like, this can't be real. So then, he like tries it out, and then he realizes that like he can use it to change tries the, it out when you say tries it out do you mean he killed someone he like saw like this isn't a huge spoiler or anything this is just what happens in the first episode he there's like someone who gets arrested or there's someone who is like holding up a school at like gunpoint and he sees the name on the screen and writes down the name and then on tv he watches like um the person die and he's like no way like this has to be a coincidence and then he like tries it a bit more and then he realizes that he can use it to, like, kill off a bunch of criminals and make the world a better place. Um, but then the whole sort of premise of the show is that there is this really um, smart investigator who is trying to find him, and he's using all these clues, like, what time of day all these people are dying from, like, all these criminals, um, in what areas it's happening. Um, and then they, like he tries to kill the investigator on the screen and then he like anyways the it's super intense um it's a really good like mystery show um it's very philosophical um and then there's also this sort of like japanese folklore um like demon aspect to it like where the book comes from and stuff which is really cool um if you're down, we could watch, like, an episode or two. I think that um, I did an episode with my buddy Tom, and I told him about this show, and then right after we started watching it, and then he finished it, like, two days later. Just, like, really binged it hard. So, and then I recommended it to Nathan, who also listens to the podcast, and he also, like, li- watched it really quickly. So, it doesn't miss. Binge-worthy. Yes. Very, okay, yeah. let's check it out. Yeah. That's my fiction fixation, I guess. Um, we're at about 24 minutes here. Why don't we take a quick ad break, uh, maybe refresh our drinks, and then uh, we can talk about 
some D&D, finally. Stay tuned. Thank you to Newsly for sponsoring this week's episode of Dungeon Master's Apprentice. Newsly is an audio app that you can get for your iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment, and it will read you to them in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web becomes listenable. Go ahead and browse articles from topics you choose, perhaps the latest D&D news, or um, you know, if, uh, if there's a new expansion pack coming out, mm-hmm. maybe... Uh, some new subclasses. Yeah. If you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, start enjoying. So stop scrolling and start listening. In addition, they have podcasts from over 40 countries, including our very own Dungeon Master's Apprentice. So download and use Newsly for free now, www.newsly.me, or uh, from the link that I'll put in the description, and use our new promo code MASTER2021. It's a pretty dope code. Better than the last one. Hey, whoa. <laughs> the last one was confusing. It's like, dungeon, but the O is a zero, so make sure you get that. No, this one's just straight Master 2021, and you'll get a one-month free premium subscription. How's that sound? It sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does sound pretty good. Thanks, Newsly. All right, we're back. And uh, before we jump into D&D, I just wanted to take this time to quickly address that, you know, it's been some time since we've had an episode. Um, I just wanted to apologize. Things have been, like, I haven't had Wi-Fi a really whole lot, as I said, but I just wanted to let you guys know that um, I'm always looking for an opportunity to record a show, and it's not due to any sort of negligence or anything. Um, The show will go on, but... um, just uh, maybe don't expect a weekly episode, uh, but know that um, one's always um, in the works, as it were. Um, but yeah, on that note, uh, we'll turn it to you, Nick. Uh, why don't you tell us about the first and only time you played d and I'd love to. Yeah, so I played D&D for the first time um, last summer. Or, or last fall and uh, it was with Theo and Theo um, DM'd a session for me and it and was just you so 1v1 mm-hmm. um, and it was really quite nice it was a I, he tells me it was a pre-scripted session that was mm-hmm. already available um, and we played through and Having listened to the podcast, I definitely had a better idea of what to expect than before, right? Like before, mm-hmm. like two, three years ago, if you had told me that a D&D session, like I would have, you know, not, you I would have, I think I probably thought there was like a board right. involved, maybe with some pieces that you're moving around and there's an element of like creativity and storytelling. I was aware of that, but, but now that I know how it plays out with the character and the and the skill points and the how you can use the spells and these sorts of things like it was definitely cool and it was cool to learn or at least my impression is that it's more of an activity that you do for enjoyment as a group rather than something you do to uh determine who's the winner oh yeah that's almost like frowned upon usually. It's like no one at the table is any better than anyone else. They're not trying to win. You're like, you're actively trying to work as a team and 
accomplish a common goal. Um, and that's kind of one of the responsibilities as the DM is to make sure everyone is kind of on the same track. You know, you don't want like ev- no one working together because then you can't have one sort of way that the story is going. Um, not that you have to necessarily force this, but you sort of corral them together and intertwine stories and use the NPCs to, um, you know, have certain characters shine out. Like, let's say, in our campaign, like, um, one of, like, your brothers came and, like, was like, holy crap, like, I haven't seen you in forever. Like, it's been since we were kids or whatever. Um, and then you could sort of take that and play it however you wanted. Like, you could say, like, you could make the decision, like, okay, we didn't really leave on great terms, so you could play it that way, or you could be like, oh, it's great to see you, like, come, I could really use your help. Um, but, and then, if there were more players, you know, then the whole party gets to be involved in your backstory through this character, um, and then that's how you sort of just, like, tie everything together. That's where the benefit of other players is, you know. Right, sure. Yeah. The thing I didn't understand and that I was pleased to now somewhat better understand is, like, how the game uh, controls what you're able to do. Mm. Because when I first was hearing about it, I'm like, okay, so on your turn, you can literally say to do anything. Yeah. So what's to stop you from... You know, you can probably somehow outsmart this game, I thought. Just by saying, oh, okay, I, uh, you know, I snipe the enemy in the eye and it kills him. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, I, uh, I, you know, found the map under a rock or something. Oh, no, like, yeah, you can't really just like create <laughs> stuff out of thin air. Kind of forcing it a bit too much, but to realize, you know how that's not the case, right, is yeah. is good and it's interesting. But still, I feel like definitely if you play the game or if you are in the right mindset for that, you absolutely can make uh, decisions that will yeah. influence the, the story along. It's not like you're simply playing a game or reading one of those books where it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Right. Like, there's more to it than that. Yeah, and you sort of can create things um as players like let's say you have the spell called heat metal which will like instant you just cast on something and it instantly gets really hot and the person who's wielding this thing either has to drop it or they take damage if they hold on to it so let's say like there's a bunch of guards that you're going up against or like maybe these a better example would maybe there's like a bunch of um like attack dogs that are after you and you could be like are they wearing like collars and the dm could be like yeah they're probably wearing collars and you're like okay i want to like use heat metal on the collars that's Ooh, that's not very nice that's a you know well that, it's either that or you die right yeah, i guess sorry but <laughs> no or you know you it's can cut through they were cut un- they're, un- world. they're undead dogs how does that make it better <laughs> Oh, I'm all for it, man. Sweet. Um, Let them melt. But yeah, that's one example of how you as a player can sort of um, create the world around you. I also liked how it had an element of humor, you know, that was more authentic than in a lot of games. Yeah. Like in, uh, 
you know, sure, some games are funny to play, but it's more like, it's more contrived, it's more scripted, whereas you can, you can have genuinely funny situations that arise. Yeah, that's like one of the, my favorite things about it is like the comedy aspect to it, or just humor, not even like presenting as comedy or anything, but... Um, so do you think that you would have enjoyed D&D if you had of uh, gotten into it back in high school? Um, possibly. Like, I know I don't know that many people who, like, played it as a thing. I, th- I think it's gained a lot of popularity in the past. Since the start of the pandemic, especially, it's gained a lot of traction. Um, but no, I, like, never even heard of it in high school either. But I'm... I assume that if someone had asked me to play, I wouldn't have said no. And I think... Like, you say it's gaining traction. What? Where do you get that information from? One of my friends, Dave, recently was doing a job interview, and they I guess they were just supposed to give a presentation on something. And... Oh, where's the screen? I want to find the exact wording of it, but he did a presentation on D&D for, like, this job interview. And it turned out that the person who like was giving the interview also played D&D so it worked out that way but it also could have been you know they could have been like okay this is kind of weird like this isn't really what we were looking for um uh so yeah it's called how to play Dungeons and Dragons and why it is cool (laughs) a presentation by David Adiam but he says and then he sent in a snapchat says I have to do a presentation tomorrow for an interview and look what I made it about um, but yeah, I just thought that was really funny how he just how he took a swing like that. And uh, he was successful in the interview, or he said it went well. So I don't know, but in there he said that he had a statistic about um, how many like so many people had joined during the start during the pandemic, and um, how frequently it's streamed on like Twitch and stuff. Like, there's a huge following of that. So if you were watching it on Twitch, like, that would probably take a long time, right? Yeah, if you're just watching someone play D&D, that could like, go... Would like, they come on a scheduled time, like, probably, at 6 yeah. p.m. every day? Or? Yeah, well, every day or every... That's a lot to plan for, but I'm sure there are people who do it, like, almost every day. But there are definitely bigger shows. Like, the one of the ones that I listen to is not a stream, but it's a podcast, and every week they release an episode that has like pretty high quality sound and mixing and um uh talented comedians um and writers and um i think they they make their own music for it too so it's a pretty good program um i've talked about it a hundred times on here but it's called nadpod i don't know if i've ever told you about it i don't think so anyways it's if you ever want to listen to um like pretty good like actors slash comedians um playing a show that's like really funny um but also ends up being pretty like you get invested in the characters and the story and stuff like that um but yeah like some people love it and some people don't it doesn't really hit with their style of humor but i don't know i found it to and they have such a long back catalog that you could spend like months listening to it and always have new content so, what would happen if you played, like, if you joined a new campaign with a group of 
very experienced D and D players, like guys who've been playing for thirty or forty years. Oh. Do you think that you would somehow fuck up their campaign as too much of a novice, um, or it would be totally normal? If a new player, like a newish player, wanted to join with a bunch of experienced people, yeah. I think that for the most part... Like, I'm talking really experienced, like guys who've done hundreds of oh, campaigns yeah. and stuff. Um, I would say that any um, kind-hearted D&D player would uh, want to give the new player the gift of the enjoyment of the game. Like, I think their goal wouldn't be like, okay, like I want to do the best I can or I want to make sure that everything is going by the rules. Like... I want to make sure that this person, like, comes back next time. So, I would say that uh, experienced players are are generally pretty kind towards new players. Just because it's always nice to, you know, show someone something you enjoy and have them enjoy it too. Like, if we were playing a session... That's why you're always such a kind-hearted guy, Theo. Oh, thank you. You always see the best in people. (laughs) I think that if I was an experienced player and some noob came into my session, <laughs> I would be pissed. You think so? <laughs> Even as the noob right now? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's a good thing that you're not running the game for me. <laughs> you're very, very correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have an interest in playing again sometime? Yeah, we had a, we had a good session, and I think... Uh, we were successful in the end and got to the got to the end of the chapter or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah like i was saying before we press record like i initially thought that you wanted to game the session on the podcast and um i remember when i as a listener to the podcast i really enjoyed um the sessions that you guys recorded yeah. oh, really? and i think i mentioned that to you at one point but Obviously, I was falling on deaf ears. No, I... Because I since did not hear a single uh, session recorded. Yeah, I think, like... I don't know. Um, It's a lot more pressure to, like, play D&D, I guess. It's, like... It's one thing to talk about it and sort of go off on tangents and talk about Take 5 or CISV or uh, writing or whatever, but... um, I don't know. I'm not really like an actor or anything so to like put on to dm is in itself kind of a bit of an undertaking like i always remember being kind of nervous early on and having a spotlight on yourself that you don't always have like i think i've compared it to like when it's your birthday i kind of feel like i don't really enjoy the attention and that's maybe the same with having a podcast or dming is like it's weird to turn the spotlight on yourself in a way. And so to DM on the show is just even more pressure, I think. But, uh, and for other people, like, and that's on my show, like to have someone else on and also have to act and know the rules and try to move things along quickly is, you know, I do like doing it, but, um, it's not as casual. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think one of the ones that you did was just, like, a a single quest. Yeah. Like, it's not like you need to expose your real session, Mm -hmm. like, that you're doing, that you've been doing for a long time. Like, I get that that would be something you don't want to take so lightly or 
feel pressure when you're playing it, but, you know, I had to run a few, like, fun short sessions. It's a, it's a good way to bring new people, and I'm speaking as someone who felt this, like, to bring new people into it, to say, okay, let me experience a session. Mm. Um, like, of course, I guess it's on, probably sessions are on YouTube, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You probably do that or whatever, but, like, it's cool to, to get it through this medium. Yeah, for sure. It would be something that I would be wanting to do more often, but it's kind of difficult enough to get multiple people together to play. And then we have to figure out a way to record it. Like, I think Zoom, like I would have to get premium Zoom to record longer than an hour with multiple people or, I don't know. It's just like a couple more hurdles to jump, whereas it's just so much easier to set up the mic and then just have a conversation. Yeah, when you can do it in person, definitely makes it better. But yeah, <clears throat> now that you have that mixer, you oh, need yeah. to uh, get that fired up, get multiple mics. I know. We talked about it a couple episodes ago with Tom. And I do like taking undertaking those sort of, uh, like trying to move this podcast to the next step, whether that is um, doing multiple mics or just incorporating the mixer at all or like getting an ad anything like that is fun to just you know improve the quality at all or just experiment like maybe we do an episode where we do two mics and it turns out that halfway through the audio ended up screwing up and so or i remember there's one episode where i tried to play music in the background and it didn't work because uh i didn't turn off the setting in zoom where it will um mute you when you're not talking so it doesn't pick up background noises and stuff but it wasn't picking up on the music so every time that the other person was talking on the other end of the zoom it muted me so the music turned off so it would only be playing when i was talking and i don't know i definitely think you have some uh some chances to improve with uh in terms of the technical approach (laughs) i agree (laughs) (laughs) That's not under debate. But But no, it is sweet that you have the podcast going, man. Yeah. Like, I would love to uh, hear the sound of my own voice more often, so... Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on the show. Yeah, I might even start my own podcast. Oh, yeah. If you were to do a podcast, what would you do it on? Or would Uh, it just be light and uh, loose? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Like, that's the whole, one of the reasons I admire you firing it up is, like, I would feel like an imposter to, like, comment on any topic at all. Yeah. I can't think of a topic where I would feel like, oh, yeah, it's quite likely people would want to hear what, I have, uh, to what I have to say. But maybe it's just a bad mentality because, you know, even your podcast is, like, sure, there's so many D&D podcasts and there's so many podcasts where people are just talking about whatever, but... You know, you've always got increasing number of listeners, people getting fired up. Like, yeah. guests wanted to come on, sponsors want to jump on <laughs> with you. So it's like, you know, it's so- it's something. You and definitely can start something going. We're not like shooting for like a million listens or anything like that. It's just, it's more the, about the fun of just doing it and yeah. it's, you know, which is cool. Yeah, and not feeling it's a cool hobby or like a cool yeah. you know just excuse to get together with your friends and chat like yeah in definitely. a way that you don't like put the phone down you know just hundred percent eye to eye like listen to what this yeah. guy's saying rather than 
you know, oh, half-assed talking about what's good while watching you're sitting on the couch or whatever, like yeah, these sorts of things. So yeah, even just as a way to connect, and I think people appreciate hearing that type of of connection. Yeah, you know, people are like okay, that's sweet because especially between the pandemic, making it difficult to see people and just like social media da 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 yeah, yeah. whatever in general like everything just seems so it's just you know it's more it's less common to have those sort of times yeah. where you just sit down and you're just chatting so people like to hear that like that's why i think rogan's so popular like it's just because like, it's such a like, it's just a cool like cool conversation that's not really interrupted at all and you know there's no agenda Right. And just to be able to have a window into that, even if it's just two losers talking about Dungeons and Dragons, like, yeah, there's still something you can get from it. Yeah, for sure. It's always like fun to have people on a podcast for the first time or have them play D&D for the first time because it's they're both sort of things that are, are way different from anything that you have ever done. Like, it's, like, a completely new experience. And some people latch onto it, and some people are pretty casual about it, and will just, like, yeah, I'll play, like, whenever this comes up. But then, like, when I first found about it, I was, like, seeking out other people. But, like, and some people are, like, yeah, if, like, you know, you're playing, let me know, but I'm not going to, like, message you to keep, like, I'm not going to nag someone or, like, see what days they're free or anything. You won't? No, I'm saying like some people. Well, are that's like what that. some people say, right? Yeah, yeah. It, you gotta, you gotta cue something up. Like, there's no shame in, in being the one to take initiative. A lot of people don't like to be the one because they don't want to put themselves out there and then get rejected after. But yeah. it's like that's the only way something happens. So uh, you can't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a better place than any to uh, wrap it up. Thanks, guys, for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you on, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Still, uh, the night is young, so who knows what we'll get up to. Maybe we'll watch Death Note. Maybe we'll uh, watch some NBA or... um, The possibilities are endless. (laughs) Endless. Endless. Okay. Well, thank you, Theo. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, no problem. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll catch you sometime. (laughs) Thank you.